Please be seated. We get to start a new study today. So, so here's what I want you to do. This is uh, Bible drill time. Are you guys ready? Okay. You have your Bible. Some of you have your, your device. And, and so you can cheat. That's all right. So we'll, we'll take our Bibles, and what I want you to do is open it in the middle. Okay. What, mine, mine went to Isaiah. Okay. So, so now I, I want you to, this is fun. I learned this from Vacation Bible School. Open it in the middle again. On the left, I'm sorry. So you opened it in the middle this way. Now take that. Now go to the Old Testament. Open it in the middle again. Some of you look really confused. Then I want you to open it in the middle again. Where, where are you now? See, I, I like the way John thinks. <laughs> So what I want you to do now is look in the contents and find Joshua and go to Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> Thank you. 116. 197 in mine. Depends on whether you have the large print, the giant print, or the stuff that the young people can read. So we're, we're starting in Joshua, uh, and, and I'm excited about this study um, Sometimes we, we tend to neglect, and, and I find even that I do that. I, I kind of camp out in the New Testament a lot of times in my series. And, and it's good to go and, and look in the Old Testament. We need to remember, uh, really, that, that the, the terms Old Testament and New Testament just mean Old Covenant, New Covenant. Um, but Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, for them, that for us, that would be the Old Testament. I came to fulfill it. So, so we need to remember that the Old Testament isn't done and gone and passe and no longer applicable. It's still God's Word. And so we're going to look through this. And, and Joshua is really interesting. This is one of those really interesting books, uh, way more interesting than Numbers. Um, Leviticus is fun. You can find out which insects you can eat um, if you... Uh, I, I shouldn't make fun of that. Uh, it's always really good. Uh, for some reason, you can eat grasshoppers, not crickets. I don't understand why. Maybe crickets have cloven hoofs, or I don't know. Just kidding. Some of you look confused. You guys just just stick with me. Hey, have you ever wished that you had courageous faith or just really big faith? You, you ever You ever read some of these guys in the Old Testament, and you're like, yeah, but that's Abraham. Yeah, but that's Moses. I, I, I know, I know. But, but, but that was Jonah. Wait, his faith wasn't big. God, God grew his faith. That was Noah. I mean, you know, so we, we read that. You ever do that? You ever read that and you're like, oh, yeah, but I mean, that was, that was them. Here's what we need to know. All of those guys started in their relationship with God with just where they were in their faith. Joshua is fun. God is calling Joshua. We're going to see this is just an introduction this morning as we get started. God is calling Joshua to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. Now, now we read that kind of thing, and we know the songs, you know, that go with it from childhood. And, and we think, yeah, 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 we know. They went across a little river, and, you know, then they went in, and people ran away from them. And you, Have you met Joshua? 
Now, now let's go back just a little. The, the book of Joshua is actually one of these neat books. This doesn't happen very often in Scripture, where it is actually a continuation of the preceding book. Now, the first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. You know that, right? The Torah is another word for it. Pentateuch just means five books. So the first five, they were written by Moses, right? And it ends with Deuteronomy. So if you'll look, I've got mine, Joshua chapter 1, uh, just on your left, unless you've got a study Bible, ought to be Deuteronomy. And, and it, it's really cool. So let's go, let's jump back just a tad to Deuteronomy. And, and we'll go to, to chapter 34. Oh, let's hit uh, verse 9. Actually, let's jump back to verse 7. Um, any of you feel like you're not as young as you used to be? You've been there? This will help you out. Moses was 120 years old when he died. And you're thinking, he must have been old and decrepit. I mean, goodness, this guy? Uh-uh. Here's what it says, the very next part. It says, let me find it again. should keep my place. It says, his eye was undimmed. <laughs> I'm not 120 and I have to wear glasses. And, and some of you hit, hit this age where, where a couple of things happen. One is it's easier to read with your glasses off. And the other one is your arms just don't seem quite long enough without some cheaters. Moses, the, the, the impression that you get here, this guy... This guy was sharp-eyed. This guy still had it. He still knew what was going on. He still, he, 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 I guess he didn't have cataracts either. That it, He was still lively. Look what the next part says. And his vigor unabated. That's because he didn't do vacation Bible school. <laughs> no. Isn't that cool? What, what a testimony. We, we know there are so many things about Moses. But, but Moses, man, he, he lived life to the end. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. There was a time of mourning. This is Deuteronomy. And this is fun. I'm, I'm one of these weird guys. I like languages. I like words. Did you know, other than Adam and Eve, there's one other guy in the Bible that that says he didn't have parents he wasn't born of parents joshua the son of none mm -hmm. but he was taller than nehemiah because he was only nehemiah which was taller than these people called the shoe heights the bible's so much fun you guys just jump we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute so the people of uh, okay, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit and wisdom, for Moses had laid hands on him. This was, this was Moses' right-hand man. Joshua, now, you remember Joshua and his buddy Caleb, they were two of the 12 spies that, that right after God called Moses, by the way, Moses' names, it's Moshe, it means to draw out because because the daughter of Pharaoh drew him out of the Nile and God used him to draw the people out of slavery. So, so Moses, God delivered, God delivered the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt. 
they, they, we kind of forget this. They went right to the promised land. You guys know that, right? That they, it wasn't because Moses didn't ask for directions. I hear ladies say that all the time. By the way, the definition of lost is I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going doesn't make me lost. I'm just saying. It helps me. I don't know if it helps you or not. So, so they went right to the promised land. They went right there. There was no wandering, right, when they were delivered from, from slavery. They went right to the promised land. They sent spies in. The reason they were sending them in was to really help them devise a plan on how they were going to go and, and conquer in the promised land. Ten of them didn't understand that. Ten of them thought they were going in to see if they could conquer. And, and, and the reports were the same. Man. We had to carry the grapes back on a pole. They were so big. The, the fruit there is huge. This land is flowing with milk and honey. Everything is just there for the taking. That was a report of two, Joshua and Caleb. The report of the ten was, man, you want me to tell you why the grapes were so big? You should see the people that eat them. <laughs> These are giants. There's no way we can take them. Joshua it was one of those. And so then they didn't enter into the promised land. Then they wandered 40 years. You guys know that story. This is the end of this. Joshua had been Moses' right-hand man through all of this. And, and, and I love the, we know this couldn't have been Moses that wrote the last part of Deuteronomy because <clears throat> Moses was gone. But here's what he says, just a little footnote. And there was not, there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None of none like him, for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to all the servants, and to all his land, for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of Israel. That's where Deuteronomy ends mentions Moses' death, the, the mourning for Moses, and really just kind of the, man, that's, I want something like that on my tombstone. I don't know about the deeds of terror. We can leave that out. That's okay. But that, that God knew him face to face. But it mentions Joshua, and Joshua had been Moses' right-hand man. Look where verse 1 now of Joshua picks up. After the death of Moses, these two books are just almost seamless in the way that they continue. That's not really common uh, in our Bible, but this is cool. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that's Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, his right-hand man, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I've given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give to them. 
Only be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did did, did you hear the recurring theme in there? Be strong and courageous. Do do you think Joshua might have been a little intimidated by what God was calling him to do? (laughs) Do you think Joshua might have been a, a little afraid? That he might have been a little dismayed at what he heard God was calling him to do? Listen, for the last 40 years, Joshua had been wandering in the wilderness with the people of Israel. They knew how to wander. They they knew how to survive in the desert. Actually, you get up in the morning and you collect your manna. Uh, You you do your stuff through the day, uh, whatever Moses would tell him to do, he he would help him to do, and go to sleep at night. You get up the next morning and you collect your manna for the day. That that was... um, Guys... Can you imagine never, ever in 40 years did this conversation happen? Honey, what do you want to do for dinner? (laughs) I don't know. Whatever you want to do. How about manna? No, we had that last night. (laughs) Joshua knew how to do that. Moses was gone. Have you ever had just, just a, maybe a mentor, someone that you really relied on, someone really that, that wouldn't, he was your, or she was your encourager, and, and they just really supported you, and, and, and then now they're gone? This is on the heels of that. Moses is gone. God is now calling Joshua to take command, to, to be the leader of the people. And oh, by the way, we're going to do something different now. We're going to go across the Jordan into the land that I promised. And you're going to lead the people. I think I, think I would have been like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So can we practice this? <laughs> Is there a little creek somewhere, you know, we can? God told Joshua to be strong and courageous. I love that. I have no doubt that for 40 years, God had been growing Joshua's faith. Although sometimes we tend to take things that God does for granted, don't we? Any of you, any of you go out and collect your manna this morning? Anybody? <laughs> that would be wild, wouldn't it? Just, just go out and you, you get your manna. <laughs> a little dirt never hurt anybody, by the way. You know, you're picking your manna up off the ground. And, and, and I'm sure that, that they began to take that for granted. But, but God provided. For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. Try that one. For 40 years, their clothes didn't wear out. I'm sure there was a hand-me-down thing going on. 
God had been working on Joshua's faith, but still when he got to this place in Joshua's life, this was huge. This was a huge step of faith. And, and we don't have it recorded here, but, but I can't help but imagine that Joshua was thinking, God, I don't know if I can do this. And, and I think God knowing Joshua's heart says, Joshua, now I'm calling you to do this, but be strong and courageous. Don't, don't be dismayed. Joshua now, 40 years later, may be saying, you know, those guys were pretty big. I don't even know if I can carry the, the grapes around anymore. Can you guys imagine 40 years from now? <laughs> Not me. I'll be 52 in 40. No. Just made that up right then. So let, let, me, let me just point some things out to you as, as we enter this. It, because I don't know about you, but I want courageous faith. I want the kind of faith that when God says, Larry, this is what I want you to do, that I say, okay, God, let's do it. Let's go. I, I, I don't want to be the kind of guy, you know, Moses struggled with this early, you know, I, I don't know, I, you know I'm, they don't know who I am. But who am I going to tell them who you are? And I don't really talk all that great. And, you know, I want to be like that, even though God took Moses there and, and grew his faith. I, I want to have courageous faith. So, so let me remind you of a few things, or let me point, point out a few things that we see in this passage to you as we get ready to launch into this series on courageous faith. The, the first one is this, Joshua. You got to love this. Now, Moshe, Moses, means to draw out, and God used him to draw out the people of Israel from slavery. Joshua, or Yeshua, is the way you'd pronounce it in Hebrew. I love what his name means. It means Yahweh is salvation. Isn't that great? God, when Joshua was born, was planning what he wanted Joshua to do. Actually, his plan was already made before the foundation of the world. Joshua's name reminded Joshua of who it was he was going to lean on through all of this. Can you imagine every time somebody says your name, you're like, I, I'm, you know, you're complaining, you're Joshua, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. God's called me to go do this, and, and I don't know if I know how to do that, and, man, we're going to go there. Those people are big, and I'm going to be leading people who just know how to wander, and now they're going to be warriors. And, and every time someone said Joshua's name, they would say, Probably as he's doubting or, or complaining, we don't have that recorded. I'm just supposing that might have been the case. And they would say, Yahweh is salvation. Every time they said his name, Yahweh is salvation. Every time they said Joshua. And, and I can't imagine, but he would think, oh, that's right. This isn't about me. I don't have to do this. This isn't my power. This is God's power. Yahweh is salvation. I just love the way that God does stuff for, like that for us. That, maybe, maybe for you, God sends someone just to encourage you when you need it. Maybe, maybe I don't know, this is kind of hate. I, I won't share that, the one little thing because you'll think I'm really weird. But, but God uses ways to just encourage me sometimes. And it's just, just a, a little small thing. But, but when this happens, now you're all just going to wonder, 
You wake up at two in the morning saying, what was he talking about? It's this little small thing that God used when I first became a believer to remind me, Larry, I'm with you. And he still does. Over 35 years, he still does that. I think that was Joshua's name. (laughs) I think whenever somebody said his name, he was reminded, God's going to take care of this for me. So, so if we want big faith, we need to understand a couple of things. First is what God wants from us. Are you ready? He wants you to serve in Africa. No, that, that may or may not be. What God wants from us is obedience. Parents, we, we've had this experience probably with our kids. You know, they, they, I'm bored. You ever hear that? Some of you are going to be hearing it this summer. Maybe grandparents with your grandkids. I'm bored. I learned early not to say that to my dad because we owned a grocery store. Oh, you can mop the floors. You can front the shelves. You know what that means? You pull all the, the stuff to the front, all the, the product to the front. And you can dust the shelves. You can rotate the inventory. I'm bored. If I ever said that to my dad, he would say something like, oh, son, you can mop the floors. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do that. What else you got? (laughs) What else can I do? Oh, well, you can front the shelves. I don't want to do that. What, what, What else? You see, God wants obedience from us, and sometimes we want big faith. We want courageous faith. We say, God, God, help me trust you more. And God says, okay, I want you to do that. I don't want to do that, God. What else you got? (laughs) He wants our obedience. I love what he says, Joshua. This is uh, chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses and my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this is a verse that I've mentioned to you before I'd learned as a teenager. This book of the law, verse 8, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is according to all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous and then will you have good success. Here's what God is reminding Joshua is he's giving him this, this huge task to lead all these people into a place that none of them has gone before. Joshua went over to peak, but none of them have been in this kind of environment, this kind of circumstance before. God is reminding Joshua, Joshua, I want your obedience. I want your obedience. You ever ever prayed, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do. Anybody ever pray that? Might be a college, it might be a job, might be a car. Um, for some of you, someday it's going to be a spouse. My kids have that taken care of. We'll, we'll pick it for you, honey. Um, but y'all thought that was, that was supposed to be funny. She didn't chuckle either. God, God, show me what to do. Lord, show me what to do. What I hear he's saying to, to Joshua right now is do what I've already told you. You... You start being obedient in the stuff that you already know. And and that's the reason you'll be prosperous in what I call you to do. 
Start now with what you know. And, and I love he's, he's pointing to, you know, we look at this as the, the, the book of the law. It calls it we, the scripture. He, he's saying, Joshua, start being obedient to what you know. And, and this is why it's so important for us to be in God's word. I'll phrase it this way, and then I have it in your notes, a better way for you to remember. The more we know what God says, the easier it is to do what he wants us to do. Does that make sense to you? The more we know what God says, the easier it is for us to do what he wants us to do. Here's the way Andy Stanley puts it. It's a little easier to remember. When you see as God sees, you will do as God says. Does that make sense? When you see as God sees, you'll do as God says. As we get into God's word, we let his word get into us. It's so much easier for us to know what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And it's easier for us to do what it is that we're supposed to be doing. There are two parts of that. One is we'll know what he wants us to do. And, And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, but it doesn't say which car I should buy in here. I think what Joshua was hearing from God is be, be obedient in the things that I've told you to do. Listen, when you get in the habit of obeying God, and, and, and it's easier with the little things, right? When you get in the habit of obeying God, then it's easy when he gives you something big to do. You're already in the habit of obeying. I, I, I try to encourage parents uh, all the time, and, and boy, it helps if you start when they're wee little ones. Because they think, ah, you know, you, you tell them to do something or not to do something, and they're, they're little. If they don't obey right now, it's not that big a deal. Well, it doesn't work when you wait till they're a teenager or a preteen and then try to teach them to do what you told them to do, right? It's easier in the little things. Here, honey, eat your green beans. I used to laugh. I can say this because Cynthia wasn't feeling well and, and went home. I used to laugh so much. Cynthia is not a vegetable person. By the way, you can delete this part of the recording if you want. She's not a vegetable person at all. She does not like veggies. And I would laugh, laugh, laugh as she takes those little pureed green beans and feeds them to Hillary and says, I'm like, you wouldn't eat that if your life depended on it, honey. (laughs) She's feeding her those little mashed up green peas. And, and this part has to be genetic. Because when she got to the green peas, Hillary goes and spit them all back out. If we start learning to obey with the little stuff, and we just get in the habit of obeying, then when it's a big thing, it's so much easier to obey God. And, and we learn that by getting into his word. As we get into it, first of all, it just, just makes it easy to... Would, would God want me to do this or that? Man, well, he says this in his word. Okay, well, then he probably wants me to do this. So first of all, we know what he wants us to do. That makes it easier when you know what you're supposed to do, right? The second part is this. His word and his spirit change our heart and enable us to do what God calls us to do. Does that make sense to you? He changes our want to's. And and that's just something that he does through his word and his spirit. He changes us. Listen, uh, we came to Christ 
by grace through faith, right? And that's the way we're called to walk in him. We can't change our hearts, but he can. And he uses his spirit and his word too. If you're struggling to obey, dig into God's word. Let, let his word and his spirit change your heart. A, a good friend of mine, a pastor of the church that I came from, uh, says, I, I think this is probably the best definition of obedience that I've ever run across. Obedience is doing what you're told when you're told with the right attitude. I know that last one gets us, doesn't it? <laughs> son, I don't have a son, so I can make this up. Son, take out the trash. And if he picked it up, put the trash bag down and kicked it all the way to the dumpster. Is he obeying? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the trash got to the dumpster, maybe. But, but I don't think anybody could look at that and say, boy, he's a really obedient son, is he? That, that we, just, we just start obeying. God wants obedience from us. You've heard this. He wants obedience rather than sacrifice. Jesus said in Matthew 28, to, to teach them to do all that I've commanded you. Not just teach them to know it. We can know what God's word says and not do it. To, to teach them to do what I've commanded you. We're called to do that um, at, at, to, as parents to our kids in, in Deuteronomy 6. That, that we teach them to follow God, basically. And it's obedience. That's what God wants. Here's what God gives, and this is great. Getting ready to go in, in a couple of weeks to children's camp, and, and I'm, I'm, Cynthia and I are doing the Bible study for the kids in the, the small group Bible studies. And, and we're talking about really faith. Faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do. So we're going we're gonna to camp on faith is believing that God is who he says he is. And, and then we're going we're gonna to end with God will do what he says he'll do. Any of you ever heard stuff that sounds really Bible-ish, but it's not really? God helps those who help themselves. God will never give you more than you can handle. So what we're going to talk about with the kids here is what does God promise? You, know, we, you can claim God's promises. In fact, if you pray God's promises, he'll answer every time. Right? God never promised to give me a big truck. <laughs> but, but there are a couple of things. And here's what he says here. Here's what God gives. He gives, first of all, his presence. I love this. Joshua needed to be reminded. Here's what God says uh, in verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua, what I'm calling you to do is huge. And it's going to take courageous faith. But hey, Joshua, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And I'll never leave you or forsake you. God promises his presence. And, and we've seen that all through scripture. My, my, the three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> God didn't keep them from the fiery furnace. He was in there with them. <laughs> God always promises his presence. He doesn't promise that there won't be difficult times. 
He does promise that he will be with you through the difficult times. He doesn't promise that you won't experience pain and suffering. But he does promise that he'll be with you through your pain and suffering. The biggest question after 9-11, you guys heard it, where was God in 9-11? He was right there in a stairwell. He was right there as the floors collapsed. He was right there the whole time. God promises his presence. And the second one is this. God promises he gives his peace. (laughs) Jesus says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives you peace, but I give you my peace. The peace that goes beyond understanding that we read about. He says, Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? I, I love this. I, I, I don't know if Joshua was shaken you know, when God was telling him all this or if he just fell to his, his knees when God was telling him all this. But, but he's reminding him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. We could tweet that a little and God say, Joshua, have courageous faith. Don't be frightened. Do not be dismayed. (laughs) This sounds a little weird when he says, have I commanded you? And then he starts listening off all these things. Have you ever said this to somebody? Don't be sad. Don't be sad. That's that's kind of a hard switch to flip, isn't it? (laughs) You know, oh, okay, I'm not sad anymore. Thanks. I just need to be reminded of that. Here's what he says. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's he's saying, God, Joshua, you can be at peace. Because I'm with you. Isn't that great? Courageous faith doesn't mean that you don't get afraid. Courageous faith doesn't mean that that you're never dismayed or disheartened. Courageous faith doesn't mean that there's no struggle in taking that first step of obedience. That's not what it means. (laughs) Courageous faith means that in spite of all that, that we take the step of faith because God's with us, And he'll calm our fears. He'll put to rest our doubts. But usually it takes that first step of obedience when we do. Joshua was about to encounter a lot of things that he's never encountered in his life. God promised that he's going to be with him. Sometimes we feel like we're alone. You ever, you ever feel that way? You might have even prayed, God, where are you? Um, courageous faith is trusting in God's presence when we don't feel it. Peace isn't the absence of turmoil exactly as far as circumstances go, but, but peace is that confident assurance in God in the midst of the turmoil. 
I want to challenge you as we, as we head into these series, as we go into this week, of two things. One, would you rest in God's presence? Would you, would you just demonstrate, just give God a little demonstration of faith, saying, Lord, I don't feel you right now, but I know you're here because you said you are. And then the other is this, because of that, you say, God, because I know you're with me, I can do whatever you call me to do. Whatever you call me to do. Some of you are like, yeah, but I'm afraid he's going to call me to do something crazy. Joshua might have been thinking that. But listen, wouldn't you rather go through something crazy with God in obedience than to disobey and try to go it on your own? I would. This is a scary prayer for me to pray a lot of times. Um, I'm really thankful that God has let us plant uh, our our lives in ministry here. Um, But... But I know people that pray those kind of things and they end up in the other part of the world. I know people who pray these kind of things and they end up separated from their family, not because of a disagreement, but because of miles. I know people who pray these kind of prayers and they don't get to see their grandkids but once every year or two. I know people whose kids have prayed these prayers and their grandparents don't get to see their grandkids but once every year or two. That's why it's called courageous faith. We just got to trust him. Can I just encourage you just to trust God this morning with what you got, where you are. We want God to just kind of send an Amazon package to us with courageous faith, don't we? Two-day prime delivery. (laughs) But it starts where you are. Let's pray. God, as we come before you this morning, we, we trust you. And, and God, as I say that, I know that, that probably every single person in here is at a different place in their faith walk with you. Some have begun walking with you recently, and so they're pretty young in their faith with you. So, some of us have done this longer than most of the people here have been alive, or at least some of the people here have been alive. And, and God, we're at a different place in our faith walk with you. But God, where, wherever, wherever each person is in their walk with you, wherever each person is in, in their, their trust in, in, in you, God, I pray that we would all take that step of obedience. Could, could you just help us, God, to just to say, I trust you with what I've got. And God, as, as we do that, would you grow our faith? For some of us, we're having to trust you with our kids. Getting ready to embark in, in a new phase of life. Some may have to trust you with their kids because they've, they've wandered away from faith. They've, they've departed, not from salvation, but from walking with you. Some have to trust with their grandkids. For some, it's trusting you with their job. 
For some, it's trusting you in a relationship. For others, it may be trusting you with finances. For others, it's trusting you because of a lack of finances. God, whatever it is, wherever we are, Lord, we, we come to you and we say, God, we trust you with what we've got. And we ask that you grow our faith, our trust in you. Father, as we do, I pray that you would continually remind us of your presence and that you would give us your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.